you know, it doesn't have to be um, strictly what I believe. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't believe what I believe. That doesn't that doesn't stop your place of worship uh, from being a refuge for people. I remember a time in my life I would just seek out a Catholic church. I would sit in a Catholic church, and I felt safe there. That was a place of refuge for me, you know, when I was coming up and, and growing up in the, on the streets and stuff. So, um, you know, we need to co- you know come back to that and start building those places again. This is Jen Slumack. You're listening to Just Say It, a show that aims to highlight the commonplaces among us, as each is an other by definition. To collapse these constructs is to move toward Dr. King's beloved community. This is part three of a three-part series featuring Hector James, founder and creator of the Reentry Faith Initiative. I encourage you to go back and listen to the last two episodes for full context of this story. Otherwise, thanks for coming back. This is Hector James. The second point is removing shame from individuals and families. So it goes hand in hand, right? Because once you discover what the issues are, what the numbers are, the impact of incarceration within the faith community, and and that a big part of why we didn't know this number or we didn't understand the impact of it is because there's a lot of shame around it. A lot of people don't want to be identified as formerly incarcerated. A lot of people don't want to be identified as a family member of somebody who committed a, a heinous crime, you know, because I don't want the church to look at me different. I want to be able to go on Sunday morning and worship with everybody without them knowing that my son just got locked up for selling drugs. You know, I don't want I don't want people knowing that my husband or my wife just got locked up for, you know, DUI, you know, and, and, and accidentally hit somebody or whatever, you know, just, just, I don't want, so because of the stigma around, around incarceration and around the crimes and around the reasons why people are incarcerated, a lot of people hush, hush it, you know, and, and they don't speak about it. So, so we want to remove that, you know, we want to, you know, you know, within the faith community say, okay, enough's enough. Um, let's talk about this almost like in the, in the Catholic church, right. About all the sexual misconduct. You know, and, and um, at some point, it had to be uncovered. It had to, you know, awareness had to come in and, and, and be brought up to the, you know, yeah, to the public, but it had to start within. Out loud. Yeah, definitely speaking. You know, speaking in his power. Uh, just being open and vocal about it. And if it, if, it, if it requires me, if it requires me to take the lead and start screaming from my rooftop, hey, you know, stop. Or, hey, listen, you know, then that's, that's what it takes. I want to say one of my favorite uh, people on this planet is Brene Brown, Dr. Brene Brown, and she speaks about shame an awful lot. And she says, uh, one thing that shame cannot survive is empathy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so you need to speak it. You need to say the hardest things to say. And so uh, your faith initiative um, not only wants to create the awareness within the church and within the community, but it also wants to work actively to dismantle shame and stigma yeah. around yeah. being incarcerated um, committing crimes, or let's let's back up on that. Being arrested yeah. for crimes, we don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. Being arrested is different than having committed a crime, right? Yeah. So, so in a time when you know when it said like uh, you know innocent till proven guilty, we all know that it's not true. It's just it's just something that sounds like proper politically correct. 
you know, and that, that and that's the crazy part, you know, where a lot of people accept certain things as true, but they're misinformed because they haven't lived that experience. Sure. And I'm guilty of it. I've done it myself. I think that was part of my breakdown when I was in county. That was part of my breakdown because I'm like, man, I thought Ooh. I was supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, you know, and, and, and I, I quickly found out that's not the case. So, so the, uh, the building awareness, bringing awareness to the issue, the, the, the breaking down of the shame, you know, the work towards that. And then the third one is, is actually building up stations of hope, um, um, building up places of refuge within our communities. So, so uh, uh, faith groups, um, uh, ministries, any type of, of place that, that wants to be identified as, as a station of hope, you know, um, my heart is, is a church because I, I think, you know, um, uh, the harshest critic is a lot of times has to be the, uh, somebody from the inside. So I'm, I'm my heart is critic. I should be, um, because, you know, I, I you know, I want to walk right. My personal focus is to build churches into stations of hope because that's what they should be stations of hope places where people can, can come and find healing, find, um, life, find encouragement, find all these things. You know, I, I you know, when I was in the, in the men's home and I was still going through recovery. And when I first came out, you know, when I first came out of the men's home and being away for like nine months, I felt like a monk. You know what I mean? I come out feeling like I'm like floating. Hell is spiritual. Yeah, man. I'm like, uh, <laughs> hear music wherever I went, man, this is glory. And then I turn on, and then I turn on the FM radio, you know, and then I just go to the mall. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm just like, whoa, it just really hit me. Yeah. You know, it hit me where where I'm like, my safety place, my safety zone was going back into that spiritual place. You know, I every time I would go to church, every time I would step on the grounds of the men's home, every time I would, you know, drive in through those gates, as soon as I would drive in through that main gate, I felt safe. I felt whole. I felt like <sighs> I could breathe. You know, because the, you know, everything on the outside was just so intense, you know, carnally that I needed a place of refreshment. I needed yes, a place yes. of refuge. How come, how come we don't have those? How come we don't have more of those places? You know, and, and I think it, it has to do with, um, you know, how, how, how we build up that atmosphere um, individually as, as, you know, individual um, um, places of worship, you know, and I, and I say places of worship to open it up to every, every faith and denomination. You know, um, you know, it doesn't have to be um, strictly what I believe. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't believe what I believe, you know, but that doesn't that doesn't stop your place of worship uh, from being a refuge for people. You know, so so, you know, I remember a place. I remember a time in my life I would just seek out a Catholic church and, and I would sit in a Catholic church, you know, um, and and I felt safe there. You know, I I don't agree with the doctrine. I don't agree with a lot of things that that happened in the Catholic Church. That was a place of refuge for me. You know, when I was coming up and, and growing up in the on the streets and stuff. So, um, you know, we need to cook, you know come back to that and start building those places again. How do you build the atmosphere differently? So, what is this training about? Tell me about that. Yeah. So the trainings consist of the 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 building. Um, uh, it's a station of hope training. Um, <clears throat> We can call it just different things, right? But it's it's um, it's focused on the main two points from from the beginning, the the bringing awareness to the issue, 
and and then removing shame how do we how do we build that atmosphere of acceptance how do we take away that that barrier how do we take away that wall our focus is is the faith community our focus is places of worship you know we want these places of worship to be um you know places of hope going in and 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 um and bringing the 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 impact of these issues because we're talking about incarceration but at the same time we're we're talking about family breakdown we're talking about non domestic violence we're talking about poverty we're talking about all these other issues you know the culture itself that that you know we have to talk about when we talk about incarceration so there it's it's really packed you know it's really packed so so just bringing awareness to all these issues the brokenness in general so solution how do we fix it start engaging with the uh, with clergy start engaging with faith leaders or the people uh, that attend these trainings okay how do we fix this how do we how do we attend to this and we can drop little you know you, you know nuggets here and there that way they can start picking them up you know but uh, the the trainings are are meant to be real engageful and and to like bring out what's inside of these uh, faith leaders you know to to bring out and for them to really uh, take an honest look maybe there's nothing to bring out because there's nothing there and that's going to be a hard reality to swallow you know um especially what do you mean, if you, by that? What do you mean nothing nothing there like lack of a, of recognition that there's a problem lack of compassion lack of mercy lack of love yeah. lack of god lack of of faith right so so because because you know let's say i bring up like uh mercy you know and and but there's no mercy in my heart. You know, you're talking about something I don't have, and I can't give something I don't have. Yeah. So, so a lot of faith leaders and a lot of people in the church are are going to be confronted with this truth. Yeah. You know, and and, and so, okay, you know, so it's going to be a lot of like I don't I don't want it to be confrontational, but I want it to be true. You know, so so I want it to be reflective. I want to, you know, and 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 honest. You know, honest. And, you know, that's really important because I think we live in a world that sort of is uh, everything that becomes becomes from the beginning of two, right? So, like, we've got the, the Christian church speaks of the Trinity in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, well, some of the Christian church, yeah. Some, okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, in, in life, it's like, you know, two human beings make a third, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, in science, protons and electrons create matter. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. and, coming and I, together. I, I right, and I think for an individual, there have to be two things that are in play that always that don't always exist in order for real change or real action to to be born. And that is clear thinking about something, along with uh, emotional investment. Yeah. along with an understanding, right? That's why they say experience really is the Velcro of learning in life, right? We might know something forever, but until we experience and find ourselves invested in the knowing, we don't truly take action that will shift. We might be in compliance mode. We might be in, uh, you know, to the letter of the law mode. We might be in these other things, but, but it's that um, it's true action and real change begins when we have the experience of clear thinking with, with the investment, uh, the emotional investment. I think for me in recovery, that was the clear, like you said, clearly seeing myself, really understanding, like having having moments of clarity that said, "Hey, Jen, really, this isn't getting any better. Yeah. Like you're you're ugly right now. 
Like there's nothing, you ain't, this isn't cute. <laughs> no, I don't care. Put down the mascara, it don't matter, you're ugly. This is ugly, right? Like I had to have that moment along with, married with, exhaustion. Yeah. I am exhausted. I am emotionally spent. I can't pretend to be okay anymore. You know, for me, that was a bottom. And yeah. I still could pretend to society. You know, I was still at an age where I could blame the way that I was drinking, the way that I was living on my age. And I could still get away with it. But I was dead inside. Yeah. And, and I had to know that I was and feel that I was in mm -hmm. order to put action, like meaningful action, into motion. And I, and I feel like that's one of the things that's really impressed me about these trainings that you speak of, mm -hmm. because I think that um, not by any specific fault of the church, but I think as human beings, and that's what runs a church, right? Human beings are the clergy, are the congregation. I think as people, we oftentimes go into defense mode against the emotional end of it, right? We might know something, but to protect ourselves, we will cut off the emotional to it because it's too much, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so these safe places that you're talking about building, they need to be safe for everybody to be vulnerable. The clergy to say, I don't know what to do. I know that my people need me to be the leader, but I don't know what to do. And my brother is incarcerated or my so-and-so was, was shot in the yeah. street. Like, like we all need to become human and lay down our titles and lay down our, uh, our expectations of each other beyond humanity. Yeah. Really start to allow ourselves to feel each other's experience. I have so much love and respect for you. You are one of my favorite people. Likewise, Likewise man. Likewise. You said at the beginning of this that God has used me to, to pull you out a little bit and, um, and uh, the feeling is mutual. Mm. Um, you have been a real gift in my, um, in my experience of moving away from my own shame into a relationship with a God that I understand, you know? And that's been a real, real gift because sometimes it takes people that don't look like you mm -hmm. to see your value because otherwise we can so quickly make assumptions about how the world sees us. Yeah. No, but I think that's what we're meant to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a big, uh, you know, that's a big, uh, that's a big ministry, man. And, and like you said, you know, it's just putting down the titles and just being human, you know, you know, and that's, that's, that's what he did. You know, he huh. left all, huh? Huh? Glory and became one of us, you know? He was like, yo, what's up? Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah. I'm right here. You can do what you want to do. And that's and that's the whole thing, you know, just being just being human, just being present and um and just be willing to, you know, step out of that comfort zone and that, you know, out of that place where like you said, man, there's a lot of, you know, we we don't experience life yeah. like that. You know, yeah. we don't experience life like that. Yeah. You know, and then uh, a lot of it is, you know, um it does cause discomfort and a little bit of pain when we step out, but hey, it's all good. You know, somebody told me one time that all of your blessings are outside of your comfort zone. Huh? Uh, that's good huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> when the two of us get together, there's probably going to be a lot of stuff 
that comes out to help folks sort of navigate this otherwise foreign terrain. You know, there's a lot of people who um, I think will do better to listen about this in the privacy of their car or in the privacy of their earbuds so that they can have their feelings and not feel on front street about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think that this is a, a really great tool and I want to thank you for walking with me and for being so open and, and loving and inspiring and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Likewise. Yeah, and then all that. Plus all two. That. Appreciate you. <laughs> all right, peace. This has been another episode of Just Say It. I'm your host, Jen Slumack. I'd like to invite you to go to my website and check out other things that are dear to my heart, www.soulnotskin.com. Meet me here next week for the next episode. And you know what? In the meantime, man, why don't you just go love somebody?